Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Support WrestleTalk! Give us a subscribe. Hey everybody, I'm John Cena. Hey, it's professional wrestler Colt Boom Boom Cabana. Hey, I'm Double J Jeff here. And this is Rich Swan, Matt Riddle, the King of Rose. Support Wrestle Talk. Support Wrestle Talk. Support Wrestle Talk. Do it, bro. Support Ollie. Support Luke. Support Wrestle Talk. Support Wrestle Talk. Home of Luke Owen. Whatever Wrestle Talk is, and whoever Luke Owen is, both the Ravens. Nevermore. Wrestle Talk. Hello and welcome to the WrestleTalk podcast. I am Luke Owen and I'm joined by El Fakador Laurie Blake. Hello, mate. Wrote me in for this one, haven't you? Blooming raw. Oh, mate, I know. I felt proper bad for you when, when Davis made the decision. It was like, oh, yeah, Laurie will do the podcast with you. And I was like, you sure about that? It seems very unprepared <laughs> to throw that upon him. Yeah, I know. I'd rather have the top of my head sliced off and replaced with someone else's <laughs> top of his head like Ollie's done than watch raw quite frankly. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, we, we're here now. We've watched it. Uh, more on that in a bit. <laughs> I mean, you got you got one of the better shows. Like, this was genuinely one of the better shows they've done recently. Oh, it's sad, isn't it? It's sad. <laughs> it's weird, because I was writing about... So, like, a bit, uh, we, we, if, for those of you who read the magazine or haven't seen the magazine, we do, like, little summaries of all the pay-per-views in the magazine where we, like... There's a big review from one of the writers, and then all the YouTube presenters give their thoughts on that or some of the TV shows from the week. And every pay-per-view recently, I've been, like, surprisingly good considering how bad the TV is. And, like, WrestleMania, I was just writing my WrestleMania things, and I was like... You wouldn't have thought from the build to WrestleMania that it would have been that good. And I literally wrote the line. I think they actually managed to, with their anti-build, lower expectations so much that the second someone had a competent beginning of a match, people's socks were just ready to fly off. People were just oh, like, yeah. wow, you've really blown me away. And so like when they actually did a really good show and they had two incredible main events, people went ballistic. But it's obviously through the work of the diligent work of the writers of Raw uh, who are doing that. Oh, mate. And they're working very tirelessly to make sure oh, that absolutely. our standards are very low. Um, well, I'll tell you what, let's get into it. So let's talk about Raw. Um, yeah, Eva Marie's back. I think that's probably the biggest thing to come out of this show. Eva Marie is coming back. Here's the show. She's back. 
he's back once again like a renegade master. Eva Marie uh, was announced to be returning on this edition of Raw in a coming soon vignette for the Eva Lucian. Which feels like a real slap into fa- in the face of like Mickey James and uh, Maria Canellis Bennett, who have been talking about how like they were told backstage that there will never be an evolution too because the first one never drew any money, which is technically a lie. Uh, I am Luca, and this is your Jam That Champion, El Fakador Laurie Blake. Welcome to the Raw Review. And yeah, let's kick things off by talking about Eva Marie. Now, This should come as a surprise to absolutely no one, really, because it was reported late last year that she'd re-signed with the company. And it was then reported in December that she was filming vignettes, presumably the vignettes that we got on this show. So really, it was just a matter of time before she came back. And um, there's been lots of reports of Johnny Ace. Now he is back in sort of his talent relations position of power. He likes Divas era wrestling within WWE. And that's the sort of thing he would like to kind of go back to. So, yeah, like we are in a period, we're in a situation where Mickey James, Chelsea Green, Peyton Royce, Billy Kay all got their marching orders. Um, and Eva Marie, who traditionally and historically has not been great in WWE. Um, pretty good at getting heat because actually I quite enjoyed her run in NXT. Um, is back up onto the main roster in a role that is, well, I don't, we don't really know what role it is, but I mean, uh, what, are your, what are your opening thoughts on this situation? Luke, there are only a few things. After, after the controversy around uh, AEW last week in which I said some negative things about AEW, I've decided <laughs> that what wrestling fans want from me and from their critics of wrestling is for them only to be positive. So there are only a few things on this rule that I'm actually willing to talk about. Um, let me just go through my notes. RK bro. Yeah. That's it. So yeah, yeah. come back to me then. No, okay. let's go. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I think this is a thing, right? Like my, my initial thoughts in this are like, this is, this is, piss poor timing by wwe to do this like they've got to be aware of the optics of this um because yeah they've just let go a bunch of prominent women from their from their company especially nikki james i think who is by all accounts a legend in wwe and then they bring back eva marie who you know has had the kind of anti-women's evolution anti-good women's wrestling character before like you know that she she kind of was that was kind of what she was doing in nxt to a degree yeah. when you when you had all these like brilliant women starting to main event the shows like even marie was coming through and being like that's not what people want to see from the women and that's kind of what the, the angle they were pushing so like and i think like you said in the news as well like they've tried oh, if this God. is the gimmick that they're going for sexy woman which is it's not a gimmick uh they they've tried this with multiple people and funnily enough they seem to drop it around about the time that whoever that person is starts to ask to be allowed to do matches like proper yeah. matches like when carmella was like you need to put more women on this show or i want to be involved in this blah 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 live morgan the same thing like they they drop it as quickly as they sort of fire it up and i, I don't think it's going to sustain very long if they if they have nothing more to it than she's going to be lounging around on Lamborghinis going, 
do I have your attention yet? Or was it Ferrari? I don't know. What kind of car was it? It was a nice car. Yeah, a nice car that had doors. It's not a Mini Cooper, and, though, is it? So I'm not interested. Yeah. So if you haven't seen the show, uh, Eve Marie was kind of like stretched out over this nice car with its wheels. And yeah, she was talking about how there's going to be this evolution. Have I got your attention yet? Like it is. And then there's like this, it, the evolution is coming soon. And it is just like, it's Emelina. It was Eve Marie's gimmick for a little bit. When they did the brand split, she was on SmackDown and she had like the, they would do this big long intro for her and she would come out and then not actually have a match. She would just make an entrance and then leave. Like that was a bit of a game before she got released. So they tried it with, then they moved on to Liv Morgan. And Liv Morgan was going to be a sexy lady that takes baths. And then they brought her back early and was made her Lana's lover <laughs> and then dropped that very quickly. Just went back to being in the Riot Squad. And then they tried it with Carmella. And Carmella was like the closest that this has ever come to actually landing. She was a sexy lady that had a sommelier and they put her into title matches with Sasha Banks, made her lose a bunch, and then was like, nah, done with that now. Go back to just being Carmella. And if you're going to make the argument, it's like they didn't drop the gimmick. Carmella herself has said in the uh, Bella's Twins podcast, yeah, we've dropped that gimmick now. I'm just back to being Carmella. They wanted me to be mm -hmm. a sexy lady, did that for a bit. I now wanted to do something different, which is what uh, she was going to be doing with Billy Kay before Billy Kay got released. So this is now our fifth attempt to get this gimmick. And it's because Vince has just got gimmicks that he loves. He loves um, the, the the bullied giants or the uh, the idiot savant and like, you know, the, the giant that's got like a, a the heart of gold or you know whatever it was, the vintner that Eric Rowan was going to be for a little while and you can solve a Rubik's Cube dead quick. And his other favorite gimmick, and apparently it's a favorite gimmick of Kevin Dunn as well, is the sexy lady. The sexy lady whose gimmick is I am a sexy lady and I do a sexy lady thing. And that's the gimmick we've now got for Eva Marie. I am really hoping though, that this is the Eva Marie that we had in NXT, which was just the, like you were talking about there, it's the anti women's evolution kind of shtick. It's just like, no, no, divas wrestling is when this company was at its best. And we need a return to divas wrestling. Like even like, imagine if she brings back the divas championship, the self-proclaimed divas mm. champion, like, and do it as this really great heel run of like, just trying to like work the fans and anger them. I think that could be a lot of fun. Problem is, is that uh, as you said, like it's poor timing and there's lots of optics around this. They're just like, well, you, you released, a great wrestler and a great character in Chelsea Green. You released one of the your best you've ever had in Mickey James. You've released two incredibly charismatic people in Billy Kane, Peyton Royce. Four people that actually could have done this gimmick and probably would have done it better. Mm. And I think that's like, you know, I, I completely agree that like in the right circumstances, this gimmick can work. And like, yeah, I, I think you're, I think the idea of bringing back the Divas Championship with Eva Marie self-proclaiming herself again is genius. Oh, really and if fun. she's, you know, and it, if it's, you know, coming out of uh, WrestleMania Backlash, if it's Rhea or Asuka or Charlotte, Eva Marie's a great foil to that to all three of them because they are all non-archetypical diva wrestlers in WWE's eyes. Like they, they all embody like a, the kind of evolution that WWE has undergone. So I think there, there is something really interesting in that but like you said it comes a week after they've let a bunch of people go being like oh, i wouldn't have an infolio and it's like yeah you had this coming up right like there is just yeah i don't know and I, I think be that considering... of the bell rings 
Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I just think, you know, that's the thing is like, you've got that if you want, if you want to pay off on this idea, there has to be a match at some point. And the, the reason the Carmella stuff so nearly worked was because Carmella's good in the ring and the matches with Sasha Banks were good, but they just, they immediately put her into a championship picture and her getting beaten by Sasha Banks doesn't do much for her, like everyone's esteem of her, especially WWE for their own reasons. They're like, well, you didn't win. And it's like, well, you said I wasn't allowed to win. What are you talking about? <laughs> um, and th this is just what happens all the time. It's, it, it baffles yeah. me that this is what we're, this is what we're doing like a week out or like, you know, two weeks out from people being released. Like it is so strange. That's exactly it. Yeah. Like, and I think that those four talents, actually held something that uh, in fact like all of the qualities i think they have got they they wanted me from a reef with this character you had in those four there that you could have done this with so i i'm i'm trying to play the um the not the optimist card because raw has driven away all of my optimism um but i'm trying to play the uh let's not just dump on dunk on this immediately I'm going to like play to see how this plays out. As I said, I quite liked her NXT run. And if this is like her NXT run, then we could be in for some really fun TV. And Raw is lacking in fun TV. So at least there could be something there. However, there is going to be that cynical part of my brain that is just like, oh, we've been down this road before. And you know what? We'll get to it later on when it gets a man saw. Because like there is just going to be the cynical part, like as, as WWE has like just systematically driven this into me to just look at this and be like, I have a fear that this is going to be pants. Yeah, I think because I think I like I agree with you. That thing is like, you know, what Raw is in desperate need of is fun TV. But what I will say is it's not like they're not trying to find fun TV. Like they're throwing rotten tomatoes at people. They're doing sing-alongs. They're doing like they're, they are throwing everything at it from their imagination perspective of like, these are all the things we can think of that are fun. So like maybe they're just, their fingers are so far off the pulse. That it's <laughs> like, it's unbelievable. Um, so yeah, I don't like, I think that's the thing is like that, the, that really cynical bit of me goes like, this is what they think is good TV. What they think they're doing currently is good. They think is good TV. So there's no way that this will be good. It, it, this is going to be, it's going to be a massive accident if this is good, because that's what Raw tells me. <laughs> up what was that boring no flavor that was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week kiki palmer here and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free hello fresh jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi now that's music to my mouth hello fresh let's get this dinner party started discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com.
Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Well, let's dive into your hyper chat, see what you've got to say about the show. Uh, please get in touch. It is wrestletalk.com forward slash support. Anthony Velasquez said, I hope Eva Marie has worked on her stuff in ring while she was away because I'm very sorry to say that not sure what she brings that other female talent on the roster probably already have, including the talent recently released, which is what we were just discussing then. Uh, Bacon Rasher says, hi lads. Oh, wow. The absolute balls of this company to call it Eva Lucian. Can't wrestle, can't talk, can't act. Everyone that was let go can do at least one of them. Welcome to the new Divas Evolution. Thanks for watching so we don't have to jam that jam. Greg Murphy, on the other hand, I don't get the outrage about Eva Marie. Outside of Samojo, was there really any drawing power in anyone else released? Eva Marie may be rubbish, but at least people will tune in to see how bad she's doing. She even made it to the title of your review. To your point there, Greg, she was the title of our review. That's because it was the most newsworthy newsworthy thing that happened on this show. Because this show was the same show that was last week, and it was the week before that, and it was the week before that, going back to bloody February. And we'll be at Backlash. <laughs> and probably will be after Backlash. <laughs> the other point of that, like, people will tune in to see how bad she's doing. I don't think that's going to happen, because people aren't tuning into this show to see how good people are doing, let alone how bad people are doing. As and far as we've been told by WWE, people aren't watching the women. Well, yeah, so, exactly. You know, yeah, like, exactly. that's... I don't what's think this going to do to fix that, that yeah. <laughs> And to your third point about outside of Smojo, was there anyone released that had drawing power? If you had, if WWE had released Becky Lynch in 2017, someone might have made that argument then as well, because at that point, Becky Lynch was doing absolutely diddly dick on the main roster. And you're probably going to look to be like, well, what did we really lose in Becky Lynch? She hadn't actually drawn anything up until this point. Yeah, you know, she, so really there's no harm lost there. Turns out Ford a couple of years later, or even just one year later, she's the hottest thing in the company and she's headlining WrestleMania. She's like creating an actual change and genuinely becoming the top merch seller and becoming a genuine draw for the company. If you give people a chance and an opportunity, they might have become draws. We don't know if Peyton Royce and Billy Kay could have become a draw because they never got given the chance. We don't know if Chelsea Green could have become a draw. They were never given a chance to do so. Yeah, absolutely. And I think like... I think the other thing with this gimmick is, is that they've given it to lots of people, and clearly there is a there is a time limit on how long people will put up with the gimmick for when they're given it, and clearly there's an expectation of like I will come out and I will do your titillation gimmick, 
in return for eventually being given some good matches to do. It's a kind of tit for tat thing, like mm-hmm. you know, like. It, but they never, but they never seem to pay off on the on the bit where the you know the the person who's put themselves through this kind of like I'm going to do this gimmick, then I get to have the good matches, and they never really pay off on the good matches. They kind of do Carmella, but you know not really. And then I just think Eva Marie's just going to be the next in a long line of people who said I'll do the gimmick for the promise of you know prominence. Where does that lead yeah. us? It leads us into two months of people going, well, I don't like that, and then yeah, lo and behold, she's a different character. Could just be as well, just a Total Divas thing. I don't know if Total Divas is still on the air or or whatever, so maybe it's just a case. Is Total Divas still on the air? Do people still watch that show? Does that still get made? I think so. I think I don't yeah. think it's been... Doesn't it, it relies heavily on people being able to meet up with each other? So I don't know if that's... <laughs> well, maybe, yeah. I don't know if that's been happening for a while, but... Uh, Luke William Johnson said, I'm not a fan of hers, but Eve Marie has been employed since last year, so not actually taking anyone's place. And it's not her fault that this is her gimmick. She just wants a job. Like, Luke, as always, nothing that we ever say on the show is an indictment of the people themselves. Like me, later on, when I talk about how the Mansoor thing isn't very good, that's not Mansoor's fault. It's not Seamus's fault. It's not Umberto's fault. It's the people in charge. And I, I think yeah. that we are quite, you know, we don't, don't say that outright every single time because I think it's very implicit that that is what we mean when we say that this isn't great. And I, I would never yeah. say that it's Braun's fault or it's Drew's fault. Just say that it's the creative's fault. Um, and also if she was one... employed last year, sorry, if she was employed last year, that means they chose to they chose to play this video this week. This week. And not yeah. in a month's time or not in two months' time when maybe exactly. the sting for some people is a little bit lessened. You know, this is all like we said. It's optics and PR, right? And it's a it's a poor decision by the company to kind of draw this kind of heat at this moment because, yeah, some people just got all their stuff in a bin bag, and yeah, she's got what chat is saying is a Ferrari. Okay, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, like we, you know, Mickey James talked about how like she was told backstage that women's wrestling does not draw in wwe and like you know we'll never do another evolution too we had maria canellis bennett on this podcast on friday and she said that she goes yeah i was told we will never do an evolution too because we don't think that uh, women's wrestling is the draw that a lot of people think that it is so yeah so i think it is kind of like it is that poor optics because there is that and like carmella was on the bella twins podcast being like dude i watch this show and i never see women's wrestling and i think that's that sucks and we'll have these last two comments from home staff fan before we get in uh that says i keep calling him homestar fan it's homestar fan um the whole point of women's wrestling not being a draw is just ridiculous just look at how many joshi promotions are in japan the real truth is wwe's women's wrestling doesn't draw because wwe doesn't care the real problem in the women's division in my opinion is that wwe only care about making history and showing how progressive they are that they forget the real way to make a division is interesting characters and storylines that i think is an excellent point to end off our hyper chats on because yeah like you know we had all those comments from mickey james and carmella and maria put ellis on our podcast and then stephanie mcmahon over the weekend it's almost as if like nothing had happened just reposted that yahoo sports thing being like if only like if if only there was more focus being put onto women's sports as there were men's and everyone's like dude you can do that you mm. have the option to change that and you're choosing not to you're a tastemaker. And that's the thing is like, the, you know, like look at NXT. Like NXT is a WWE product. And through a prolonged series, like a prolonged exposure of the women in that division of WWE, they now have one of the best women's divisions in the world. 
And it is genuinely not it's it's not even flagged up when they main event a show or when they main event a pay-per-view in the same way of like look we're having the women main event this thing wow like it's just part and parcel of watching nxt because that has happened consistently for ages Right, well, let's get into the show itself. Um, yeah, it was like broadly the same show that we've been getting for, for weeks on end now. Um, I think it was probably better than some of the previous weeks that we have had because some weeks have been really, really awful. And there was a lot, you know, there was some bad stuff in the show. So, okay, so we started off with um, MVP meeting with Adam Pierce, Sonya Deville. I guess Sonya Deville is just part of Raw now. I think that she is, she made her debut as part of the Raw not the raw team, but like she, you know, she's been a general manager, but not a general manager with Adam Pierce over on SmackDown. Now she's just on Raw. She's wearing red suits, and uh, Braun won a coin toss to face Bobby Lashley in a match tonight, and they all stood in a row. The staging of this was horrendous because you had MVP chatting with Adam Pierce and Sonya Deville in an office, and then from one side of the room walks in drew mcintyre as if he's just walked into the office to be like whoa 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 what's going on here we're signing this with a coin flip and then from the other side of frame walks in as if like as if he come through a different door into the office smash through the wheel (laughs) (laughs) right here the kool-aid guy (laughs) i'm a train and Braun walks in the shot, and it's like this company keeps saying, we don't make wrestling shows, we make movies. You make the worst movies. You cannot stage anything to save your life. I This is the easiest thing to get right in a wrestling company, is to just do staging. Just take a step back and we'll be like, is this how a normal person would act? Does this staging make sense? But they don't think about that, because at the end of the day, they don't care and they don't care if it makes sense or not. It's just, it's an imaginary world of bollocks. So it doesn't make sense, but it winds me up that the staging of this show is so poor. Well, I think it's the thing, is it? Because like WWE say they make movies, but they wrote the book on how a wrestling TV show is done. Like, you know, all the kind of tropes of wrestling TV evolved alongside WWE. So like all of this, this is how you cut a promo on TV and this is how people stand and this is how people talk to each other and this is how all the people in backstage interact. They made that all up. Like it's not, mm-hmm. it's not even... It's not even like a sort of tradition of wrestling, really, is it? It's like, you know, a lot of wrestling, I think a lot of wrestling programs have adopted that mannerism and that style through NWA and WCW and all that kind of stuff. But like, it's just baffling that this is the best they could do. Also, because like, yeah, this is to book who goes first in one of three matches that are going to feature these three guys for the next two weeks. To build two, so Bobby Lashley is going to, Bobby Lashley is going to take on Braun Strowman to then take on Drew McIntyre to then take on both of them less than seven days later. It's just balmy. Like, it, oh yeah. How does that? You know, when it's like you got to keep you got to keep it special. Keep you got to keep the guys away from each other. You got to like build the hype or whatever. Why? When? What's that? Because this is also replenish bloody WrestleMania for two of them. (laughs) (laughs) I was going to say, like, it's nothing gets me more excited for a match on pay-per-view than seeing one third of that match get beaten by one of the other thirds of the match in a singles bout. Like, it doesn't... 
yeah, well, we'll get to that main event uh, when we get to it. Um, well, this is also the sorry, the, and as, as you pointed out in the review today, this is also the first of was it oh four, five four MVP, MVP promos, four po- four promos on this show, yeah. and the match, yeah. and then so then the match between Lashley and Braun at the end of the show goes ten minutes. Yeah, like the, with, with, no with entr- ten minutes with entrances, some of which could have been could have cut out from one seeing the promo of Braun and Lashley smashing through the stage that time, which played must have been seven times throughout the show and MVP talking backstage about the match that was going to happen later in the show and the match next week and the match on the Sunday of next week. All to have five minutes of like, what are we doing? What are we bloody doing? The most maddening thing about the MVP promos is he said nothing new in any of them. Like at the very start of the show, he made his point. And then the, all three of the other pay, uh, promos they cut were the same promo. Uh, sorry, something just flown into my eye there. But like, uh, it was the same promo that like over and over again. So like nothing was adding. We were just wasting time. And it always reminds me of like when uh, my wife doesn't like watching wrestling. And one of the reasons why she doesn't like watching wrestling is because whenever I've shown her things, like, so she wanted to see uh, Ronda Rousey's debut at the Royal Rumble. And she wanted to see The Fiend at SummerSlam. Because, like, I was talking about, like, oh, Ronda Rousey's debut. She knew who that was, so she wanted to see that. And I was like, The Fiend is the coolest thing. And she was like, I really want to see what this is. She watched both those clips. And she was like, I cannot watch this show because this production is horrendous. Mm. And, like, it might just be because she works within TV. But she was just like, she was like, these people don't know how to make a TV show. And it is, it is but ugly to watch. And, yeah she's not wrong it is not a very good put together tv show something i did like though aj and omos uh finally made it to tv um with the belts uh with the tag team belts to have a match with the new day who they beat at wrestlemania they beat them again here they're a fine little tag match um i think it's smart to keep protecting omos in the way that they are it just does very little for them to just beat the new day again and also like we're supposed to be past this whole antiquated rematch clause lark yeah, and it does. Uh, I do. I think this partnership does. Like AJ is ultimately wasted here in the whatever it's. I don't. I don't they need a team name, the Phenomenos, or whatever it's going to be called. Like, <laughs> That's good. like, yeah, like something like that would work. But yeah, I think a like they are they are they're pushing Omos really hard, and like obviously the the WrestleMania match was insulated so much by pure charisma of the New Day and AJ just throwing themselves around, setting up a storm to make Omos look like a monster. And that's fine, but how long is that going to sustain realistically? Um, so I, I, I'll be interested to see where they go from here because, yeah, like you said, this is one of rematch from WrestleMania. This is the 19th rematch on this particular edition of Raw, of which we are now just have, like, I don't, I don't, you know, Attitude Era to a degree was three big names smashing into each other over and over again and like a lot of the divisions were that same thing the tag division for the attitude era was edge and christian the hardy boys and the dudley boys repeatedly revolving around each other over the tag team titles and i don't know if that's what ww trying to recreate or they're just unimaginative to bring other people in but like they are not being successful by just having the same people go at it again and again and again because there's nothing because they give people too much promo time as well like this had a five minute promo at the start of the match and there's nothing new to say is there when like the new day like we were we've we've won a lot of championships and we work really hard and you've not been here blah blah blah. we just we go over the same ground over and over again um yeah it's it's maddening 
It would have been so much better. I can't believe you have to watch this every single week. Oh my God, it's the worst. Um, Like, it would have made much so much more sense to put Shelton and Cedric in this position. Like, so, you know, they'd be like, we're former Mm. tag team champions. We want a match against you right now. They have, you could give them a longer match and then Cedric and Shelton lose that match. And then you can have Cedric cut that promo on Shelton as opposed to later on in the show, not even giving them an entrance against the Lucha House Party who Mm. also didn't get an entrance, who have a match that started in the commercial break that they lose in 30 seconds. Like it would have made like, and then the breakup just happens. So why not do the breakup here in this match? It would have been a new matchup. It would have been something different for AJ and Omos. It would have been something different for Cedric and Shelton. And I think, like, for me, on paper, that is a much better use of, of TV time. Yeah, I, I mean, what getting more wrestling on your wrestling show where they can actually do something imaginative with the time that they're given should be, like, the, the number one operating thing here. And they spend so much time on Raw talking as evidenced yeah. by four MVP uh, backstage segments where he said the same stuff, that they 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 just don't have any time. Like you know, this match was fine, but it didn't it didn't do anything new. It didn't it didn't it didn't have a real story around it either. The the story was the same as the WrestleMania one, which is when Omos gets in, he's gonna maul you, mm, and that's a fun, yeah. that's a fun story. But it, I'd like to see him maul someone else because he's already mauled these two guys. So you know, exactly, yeah. Um. We appear to be getting a feud between Adam Pearce and Sonya Deville. As I said, Sonya Deville is now on Raw. Got the promo for Eva Eva Marie's return. Then we got a second MVP promo. I got a recap of Miz and all of his bollocks last week. Uh, And then Elias and Riker, to kind of follow up on this, found some, like, they also had some tomatoes. And they were going to throw them at the New Day. And I actually quite like this, because they were going to throw them at the New Day. And then they get up and they start throwing them, like, they're snowballs. And they throw, like, loads of them. And then they look a bit worried. And the camera pans around. And it turns out they threw them at Randy Orton. And Randy Orton stands there being like, I can't believe you just threw some tomatoes at me. And Matt Riddle just zooms past them and just goes like, hey, Randy. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> he's like a cartoon character it's brilliant yeah yeah he is. I, he's I actually i actually liked that mm-hmm. I, did, I actually i actually enjoyed the like randy orton was the right person to throw a bunch of tomatoes at because i would be terrified if i'd throw them at randy orton having matt riddle skate past and be like hey randy like it comes <laughs> yeah. from nowhere and it's one of those like jarring bits of comedy but i really really enjoyed that the tomatoes thing from last week was God awful. I, I know, but Morrison got hit in the penis, so it was hilarious. He and did get hit in the penis. And Miz got one in the face as well, which they yeah. scrubbed that footage for. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But this is what we're setting um, up matches over. <laughs> we then got Charlotte Flair versus Dana Brooke. Um, wasn't really much of a match. Like, Brooke got a bit of a flurry of, of moves in, but Flair chop blocked her uh, and put in the figure eight for the win. Uh, and then afterwards, Sonya Deville comes out for this promo and Charlotte Flair cuts the, the usual promo that she does. It's good stuff because I really like this character that she's got. And she wants to be added into the triple threat. or She wants to make the match a triple threat at um, WrestleMania's Backlash. And Sonya Deville, in so many words, was like, well, the men's is a triple threat. So I guess it just makes sense that this is a triple threat as well. You're in the match now. <laughs> yeah. So I wonder whether they like, I'm wondering, because obviously like this was... After this, they had another Sonya and Pierce bit backstage where he was like, you're really overstepping now. Because, uh, again, we can only have the same promos three times. Um, but, yeah, like, I wonder if this is going to lead to some sort of corruption thing with DeVille, whether she's, like, running some sort of 
sort of backhand, like, yeah, fine, I'm going to put you over Charlotte and I'm going to like basically take bribes to give people the matches. Because, yeah, it does feel like a very flippant reason, but I feel like some of the seeds have been planted to make it something bigger if WWE choose to. And I'd really hope that they do because I, th- I think Sonya Deville, like Sonya Deville, is great, and they should be giving her a much bigger role. And she would work it really well as a heel character who's like, you know, actually on the take or something like that, where she's, you know, she's she's putting people into matches because I think that it kind of works with the Charlotte, the Charlotte gimmick here of like, well, I must have this opportunity because of Charlotte Flair. Like, be fair to Flair. Yeah, I like all that stuff. Like, yeah, you know. yeah. Oh, it's, it's really good. But like, then you get back to the WWE's terrible staging of things because they're all standing in a row and because Ripley and Asuka also come out to have a chat. And Ripley in her promo was just like, look, I'm not worried about like, if you want to be out of the match, that's, that's fine, blah, 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 blah. And then Asuka comes out and she cuts her promo and they stand in a row. And then because the promo bits are now done, and it's just like, well, we need Charlotte Flair to attack Rhea Ripley. Well, how can we get her to attack Rhea Ripley? We'll just work backwards from there. Well, what if Rhea Ripley gets into the face of Sonya Deville? Why? Doesn't matter. We've already got to that bit. So, like, for no reason whatsoever, Rhea Ripley starts going after Sonya Deville and getting into her face. So then her back is turned to Charlotte Flair, so Charlotte Flair can attack her and ask her to stand tall. And you're just looking at her like, well, why? But why did you go after Sonny Deville? Like, you had no impetus to do so when you came out for your promo. All of a sudden, it's just like, well, now is my time to go after you to set up the next thing. So mm. it made her look dumb. And like, yeah, but it just was a really stupid ending to the, sh- to the segment. Because, Luke, Asuka's not winning the match at WrestleMania Backlash. So Asuka <laughs> oh, has to stand tall here. And then via resting logic, we need to do all this other stuff to make that. Yeah, I know. I completely agree. Like, I-, I actually quite liked the sort of, the promo battle. I thought Rhea's Rhea was really good. Said a bunch of really um like the I, the whole kind of like Charlotte salty about not being included thing. I really I really like about Rhea's mm-hmm. character. Asuka <laughs> had everyone creasing uh from with her sort of crybaby thing that she did. That was like Charlotte was legitimately trying to stifle a laugh and Rhea was also smiling a fair bit. Um yeah I, I thought this was really good and I like I don't necessarily mind it's it's an awareness thing, right? Like the adding Charlotte to a match that she's not involved in is memed content now. Like mm-hmm. it, it is a meme to add Charlotte Flair to something. So if WWE choose to do it knowingly with a bit of a wink and a nod, that's fine by me because Charlotte's a really bloody good wrestler and she'll oh, yeah. make the match really good. But yeah, it has to be done with that kind of knowing glance. And I think this achieved that. I'm just hoping that they do something more with the Sonya Deville thing because we can't, like, you don't want the general manager just running around making matches for no apparent reason. Yeah, I really like it. Just because because the men are doing it. Like, you know, that doesn't make any sense. I really like this Charlotte Flair character. I really like this role that she's in. I think this could be, like, the best we've seen Charlotte in a while because, like, they're allowing her to be her. And I think that is, like, the best... Like, that's a character she's very comfortable playing, and quite clearly, because her promos are now are, are really, really good. So I, I love the fact that she's added to the title match, particularly, as you say, if there is going to be this thing with Sonya Deville, which there quite clearly appears to be so. So I'm, I'm intrigued to see where this is going to go. Um, backstage, Alberta Career was going to cut a promo with Caleb Braxton, but he gets attacked by Sheamus. And then John Morrison comes out for a match and I'm like, don't be against Damien Priest. Do not be against Damien Priest. And <laughs> bloody lo and behold, it's Damien Priest. Before we get to that though, Damien Priest wins. Who cares? Like Damien Priest beats John Morrison again. I've said my piece on this. He beat him again and then he stares on the Miz. I hope this feud doesn't continue. 
But like, I um I think the easiest job in WWE is to write a promo for the Miz. And the reason for that is because one promo was written 10 years ago and we've just been using that same promo ever since because you'll never guess what he said. He came out and he said, I'm a former WWE champion. I main evented WrestleMania. I'm a first ballot Hall of Famer. I've got a reality TV show. Like it's the exact same content every single week. I didn't even realize he cut a promo until I was reading a, a review of the show and I saw that he did. And I was like, did he? Because I didn't mention it in my review. And the reason why I didn't mention it is I didn't even notice he'd cut a promo because it's because <laughs> you don't need to you don't need to listen or pay attention because it's the same promo he cuts every single week i think this is the thing like you know when people have a go at randy orton for being on cruise control during his matches and just getting his five things in and moving on the miz does that for promos that is this is the miz's yeah. promo style like and you know he's very good at promos but something like this is literally second nature to him because he has said it so many times the one interesting thing that I noticed about this promo, though, is that there are a couple of moments where Morrison's trying to get involved in what The Miz is saying, and The Miz turns it around to be about him, right? And he mm -hmm. cuts Morrison off multiple times. And then at the end of the match, The Miz is the one distracting the ref when Morrison gets the roll-up. And had they obviously not done the roll-up slightly wrong... Uh, it would have looked like he'd got he'd got a visual three without like you know without actually being counted. Instead, Priest kicked out at like one on the referee's yeah. second count, so it, it wasn't quite. But that's what they were definitely going for here. So I wonder if they're splitting up Miz and Morrison at some point. I think they are. Yeah, they've been teasing um, this and for I think that's while, I think that's the right thing to back. do. Right? Yeah, I do. I agree. Like I think that they are much better off apart from each other. Granted, as well, like WWE is in the, the mode of splitting up tag teams at the moment, so like it just makes sense mm. to split up another one. They must um, have another one in the works. Also, well, also think... <laughs> in this promo that you missed in, in in the promo that you missed, Luke Morrison yeah. said the line: "Forgiveness ain't good for dripness." <laughs> what does it mean? Well, he's Johnny why Drip is Drip. it happening? Yeah, I know he's Johnny Drip Drip, so good he they named it twice, but we can't just be putting the word drip in every word now. That, that <laughs> it doesn't work. That's not yeah. even how puns work, you blithering idiots. Like <laughs> uh yeah, the match was like, you know, it's John Morrison versus Damien Priest. I've seen it, like I've seen Damien Priest beat him. The, like this Damien Priest main roster call-up is an unmitigated disaster and like through no fault of anyone's but the lazy lazy creative that, that is on display here like damien priest should have moved on from miz and morrison after wrestlemania and here we are nearly four weeks in fact i think we are four weeks after wrestlemania still feuding with them for no reason there's legitimately no reason why these two are still having matches together and it's not like they want to keep on the boilerplate just in case, but it's not even on a point. <laughs> yeah, he'll come back. He'll come else. back, Luke. Wait, he'll come back anytime. Sometime soon, he'll come back. Just keep. We'll keep Priest warm. He'll come back. Bad Bunny, come back. Hang out with your friend Damien. It's still good. It's still good. <laughs> exactly. Um, That's exactly what they're doing. Yeah, like this is just like he is spinning his wheels now, just spinning mm -hmm. his wheels, and it's just like, and he's destined to become another balls NXT call up, which didn't fill me with confidence then when Mansoor was in the next segment because I was like, oh my god, Mansoor's been called up to the main roster, but like there was just glimmer of hope because Mansoor signing this contract clearly WWE love him, so he's signing this contract and Sheamus walks in, and I'm like, oh my god, are you going to go into a feud with Sheamus over the US title? What a way to establish someone. You don't have to win the title, but certainly what a way to establish it as someone on the main roster. And he kind of accepts the open challenge from Sheamus. And I'm like, okay, maybe we're going to get onto something here. We'll get to it in a moment. 
but it doesn't quite work out that way. <laughs> but, you know, we'll, we'll talk about Mansoor in, in detail when we get to the match. Uh, MVP got his third promo of the night. Uh, and then we got, um, as we said, Cedric and Shelton versus Lucha House Party. The match was so unimportant and all the rest of it was so important. The majority of this happened in the commercial break. Lucha House Party won and then uh, Cedric split up with Shelton after the match. Cedric's, I thought Cedric's promo was good. Great. I thought his, like, yeah. his, his splitting up with Sh- Shelton shtick was really good. And it's like, it's interesting, but they're just going to put them, they're just going to have these two feud now over this because it's the only thing they can imagine to do with... Cedric Alexander and Shelton Benjamin now they're not the Raw Tag Team Champions and they're not in the Hurt Business. It's just like, well, you can just have filler matches against each other. Fine. It's yeah. not, it doesn't It doesn't have any stakes because they were kicked out. They were basically kicked out one week for no reason. Like, you know, th- this escalation to the point where, Shel- where Cedric Alexander is shouting at Shelton Benjamin being like, you're dragging me down. I'm in the prime of my life. You know, they didn't kick us out. They kicked you out. You're the weak link. All of this stuff. Like, I refuse to waste another second of my life keeping you alive. This all is really good stuff that needed a bigger reason why they were kicked out of the Hurt Business, more build into it, and definitely needed to come out of a match that was more important than Lince Dorado and Grand Metalik. God bless them. I like Lince Dorado. I really like Grand Metalik. I think they're fantastic. But what does this do what does this like what yeah, exactly. it, it immediately undervalues the feud from cedric and uh like cedric and shelton because it's over something what is actually now really petty <laughs> in terms of yeah. like wrestling because it's like who are lucha house party to even be bothered about losing to really i know it's like it's a real like gut punch it's a shame we lost to them kind of thing but it just it nothing feels everything it feels like it's over something stupid in raw it's either over someone's thrown some tomatoes or Lucha House Party did this because you were looking in the wrong direction or, oh, yeah. you know, someone painted my car, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, they're kind of like, <laughs> it's been very muddled because like, like they, they kind of teased a split last year when they were the tag team champions because Shelton was like the over-exaggerated one. And like you could have run with kind of that story, but they, they didn't. They said they stopped that, which I think was great because we don't want to break up the Hurt Business. And then they broke up the Hurt Business anyway. And then they've just been losing matches ever since. And then they lose here and now the team is broken up. Like, yeah, they'll have a match. They'll probably have a couple of matches maybe. But then what's what's next for them after that? I just think that they're just going to get lost in the shuffle more than they already are currently. It's this is the slow decline of interest of WWE where they didn't they didn't want to have to work out what to do with two people who are part of a faction with a champion. Right? Because you have to include them in stuff and have things for them to say and do. I don't think that's necessarily like so heinous to have two people who yeah. are part of a faction who don't they don't have to help. Bobby Lashley win. They don't make him look weaker by being part of his company or whatever it is. Like they're just there to to be the entourage, basically. That's fine. Like there's there's plenty of stuff in that. So instead, they do this. They kick them out. They break them up. This is all the sort of slow breaking down of audience interest to the point where they can just go, okay, and sweep that under the rug. Off that under goes. The rug there. You go. So because unless they're going to do, unless they're going to do, Cedric has now said this to Shelton. Shelton then cuts his promo later in the show. They have this feud that reignites something in Shelton, probably. I think if you were going to go with one of the two, I think Shelton seems like he's kind of being put over like the baby face here because he's, you know, the old timer who's still still got one go in him. And then you can get him to go after Seamus or someone like that. But yeah, that's probably I'd, I'd just, like to see that's an open challenge match on Raw, right? Like he's given them out. Yeah. 
I think that'd be good. Yeah, like I, I'd like to see them get something off the back of this. Sidney Shelton, as you say, because like you know, as he said in the promos, he's in the prime of his life. He's still very, very young. There's still a very bright future uh, ahead of him. Um, I yeah, we'll we'll see where this goes, including our next gimmick change, which is um, Angel Garza. So. Last couple of weeks, Angel Garza has been in sort of a storyline romance with Nia Jax, a kind of like love triangle with Nia Jax and Reginald, the worst thing in WWE. And that wasn't followed up on this week. Instead, Garza's walking around with a with a rose. Drew Gulak <coughs> has a little chat sorry. with him. Sorry, are you okay? <laughs> yeah, sorry. <laughs> I was I was drinking water and then I laughed at you saying Reginald was the worst thing and I had to oh, I swallowed it funny. <laughs> I swallowed it funny. <laughs> sorry. So Drew challenges into a match and then Gaza said, I'm gonna shove this rose up your ass. They then have a match, which Gaza wins fairly quickly with the wing clipper, and then legitimately shoves the rose up his ass. <laughs> It's actualization, Luke. That's what it is. It's visualization <laughs> to actualization. That's what it is. Yeah, and this is oh. again, you know, this this is it. The, the company's sense of humor is thirteen years old, I would say, mm-hmm. and that's oh, at yeah. a push. Thirteen years old because it's like it skirts that line between like really stupid slapstick kiddie stuff that you would see in a cartoon, and also I like sexy ladies. That's exactly like it is a 13-year-old boy, WWE, in terms of its booking. And yeah, this what is this about? <laughs> what, 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 what what does this achieve for anyone? Like, does this make is this supposed to make Gaza look good? He's the guy who wanted to shove a rose up someone's ass and then kick it. Is, it is that rose? is that is it painful? to make Gaza look good? I don't mean like there's is it designed to make is it what what's like, I don't even have the words <laughs> to describe. What what does this mean for Gulak? Like, look, look, do you know, I, I, I'll tell you what. I'll tell you exactly what this is. It's something that's going to be on TV for two weeks, and then it will never be brought up again. And we'll be yeah. at the end of the year. We'll be at the end of 2021, and someone will say, like, just in a in a hyper chat, or one of us will say on stream. Do you remember that couple of week period when Gaza was putting roses up people's bums? And yeah. we're like, oh my god, yeah, that did happen, didn't it? We'll have just completely forgotten about it. And all because what Drew called him pretty boy backstage, and yeah. that like and that drove him to acts of deprivation of which I've never seen. Uh, <laughs> I yeah, and I just I, I I think even the commentators were just like, do just do that. Like there a few times. There's a, there's a few times in this show where like the commentary team just lost all will to live. Like there was a bit. I was going to say actually when we're talking about the Charlotte and Dana Brooke match because it was quite slow. Like she, Charlotte gave Dana a lot of it, and Dana did some very slow handsprings and a and a sloppy looking swanton bomb, which I don't think is it. They, I don't think it's allowed to call. Nice, they're not allowed it? to call it a swanton bomb. It's just that's a senton. No, bomb. it's different. Um, and they, yeah, like, and then Charlotte puts her in the figure eight, and there's, you can see them weighing up. Like, is it worth getting excited about this being the finish of the match? And they just went, nah. Oh, the figure eight. It's happened, and she taps. Okay, moving on. Like there, there yeah. is a, there is there is a level of like the, there's a level of the reality of WWE that seeps in here where like they they they're kind of the show acts as if it's just dispensing of the stuff that like is like that's not important because we're actually going for this promo thing that's afterwards the wrestling was just a way to get Charlotte out and then have all these other stuff happen like so we'll just dispense with that and the commentators won't even put it over and it it just 
rings so true with this. I don't, I don't know what the point of the Angel Gaza thing is, but it's got to be for something, right? Because this was dispensed with with such Ooh, a sort of like baffling. You say, oh. has it got to be for something? That, that you'd hope so. <laughs> they're gonna, they're gonna no. keep, mate. They're gonna keep bringing it back. There's gonna be a ten minute section for the next three roars where he sticks a rose up someone's bum, and that that is gonna be because it's a it's a funny joke as far as that's well, concerned. Here's the other thing as well. Is he really going up someone's bum? Because I'm thinking about this too much, apparently. But he's got a rose, right? And he puts yeah. it into Drew Gulak's uh, pants. And then he runs against the ropes and he comes back and he kicks him in the bum. Now, I don't know if you've ever like kicked a rose. I certainly have not kicked a rose, but I have held a rose. And I would say that its structural integrity is not made of iron. So no, that's what Beauty and the Beast was about. Yeah, exactly. Like the second that he kicks it, it's just going to crumple. So mm. the worst thing he's going to have is not a rose up his bum. It's just some petals in his undercarriage. And yeah, because like so, the better thing, so, if it's got thorns on it, though, Luke, does that change things? If it's like if it's if it's a if it's a big rose covered with thorns, and then you put it in. But he had it in his it. mouth. But he had it yeah. in his mouth when he was walking down to the ring. So it can't be that, like, can't be. Because otherwise, you'd be like, ah, crap. Mm. See, I think the worst thing about it is obviously if the foot drapes a little bit too low, then you're just going to hit the fruits, mate. You're just going to hit the fruits. Never mind. <laughs> Which never mind the rose. Hurt him more. And that's going to be the painful thing. You should have just nut shot <laughs> him as hard as possible. That's that's what I'd be going for if I was Angel Garza. Yeah. Uh, anyway, yeah. <laughs> next, next we got the best thing on the show. I love this so, so much. Matt Riddle does some comedy with the Viking Raiders. Genuinely quite funny stuff about American football teams and them being like Vikings and whatever. He then goes up to Randy Orton and Randy, and he's just like, hey man, what a great tag team we are. And Randy's like, whoa, we've won one match together. Like, let's not get ahead of ourselves. We've won one match. And then he just sort of pauses and he thinks back to those two dickheads that threw some tomatoes at him earlier in the show. And he pauses and like, but what if we made it two wins? And Marrow's like, yeah, that sounds great. And we then got a match with RK Bro versus Elias and Riker. Heels worked over Riddle for a bit. Orton gets the hot tag, runs in, beats them both up. And then Matt Riddle just looks at him and is like, tag me, bro. And Randy looks at him and is like, I will tag you. And he tags him. He hits the draping DDT, floating bro for the win. And then, like, he raises hands with him. And he's not quite there to doing the pose and stuff because Matt Riddle does his, like, pose on the knee. And we're just waiting for that moment when Randy does like the arms above him and like, and they have like their team pose. But I, I genuinely love this. Mm. I, I will say that this is, this is just the bros awaits. Oh yeah. 100%. 2.0. And yeah, no, the, the reason it works is because it's already worked before. So they just, <laughs> they are, it's a shot for shot remake, Luke, with a different, they've recast Pete Dunn as Randy Orton uh, and they're just doing it again. It's really funny. It's really funny. Yeah, exactly. It's it's funny though. Like I, I like the kind of like the. I think Riddle's really good with this kind of like he's got that kind of like childish glimmer when he goes like, "Hey, bro," and Randy's like, "I'm not your bro." And he's like, "Yeah, well, it's sort of a metaphorical thing." And I think we sort of like grows on that level. <laughs> and he just he reels off all this stuff like he's like an overexcited kid. Like the Viking Raiders stuff was really funny. Like, and the tag team's good, and they're getting wins, and they get like yeah, it was efficient. It was definitely in a very efficient match to sort of put them over, but I can see like RK Bro versus AJ and Omos down the line. Same here. Like, yeah. I can massively see that, and I would really enjoy that. Um, so yeah, that's I think that's exciting, and I think that this is one of those one of those ones where two guys have been thrown together because they haven't got much else on, 
and it really works. Which well, is rare for so them to agree. The report is like this was Randy's request because he wanted to work with Matt Riddle because the plan was he was supposed to be working with Braun Strowman and he was like, nope, don't fancy that much. So instead, he's been put into a feud with uh, with Matt Riddle instead, and that is like, and I think that's almost like a reward for Randy Orton because the Fiend thing, uh, according to reports, was just an absolute disaster from day one, where the company did not know what the creative direction for it was. So Randy was just massively, massively frustrated because he's showing up for TV every week, been like, what am I doing? They're like, we don't know. And he's like, well, what am I doing next week? We don't know. What am I doing at WrestleMania? We don't know. So now mm. he's like, this is almost like a reward for him. It's like, we're very sorry that we put you through that where we had no <laughs> idea what was going on and we made it up as we went along. Do you want to work with Matt Riddle? It's like, yeah, I do. That's exactly what I want to do. And he's like, brilliant. Well, you're going to have fun with this tag team. And you can tell that Randy Orton is into this because he's trying. Mm. And it's it's nice on, um, on May the 4th. May the 4th be with you all. Because do or do not, there is no try. And he is doing, and he is doing it well. And he's actually putting effort forth. And you can see that. And that is why, like, this is good. He, he was so bored in The Fiend versus mm. Orton. Like, it was so done with this. Here, it's a completely invigorated Randy Orton. And that's wonderful to see. It's also because, yeah, it, like, this, you know, they've done it all before in NXT. They could also just be like, can you just watch NXT from two weeks ago and see what Killian Dane and Drake Maverick are doing? Because yeah. that's what you're also doing. You're Killian Dane in this, by the way, Randy. But like, <laughs> it's, a, it's a good gimmick to have, like, because he gets to maintain the Randy Orton mystique and it doesn't like, he just gets to be the Randy Orton character, which he's so comfortable being. And I think the Fiend stuff was pulling him in a direction that, like, Randy Orton's not a mystical character. And he has to operate in this kind of mystical arena and be like, am I scared of this? Because I don't think Randy Orton would be scared of this. Randy Orton's not necessarily a scared guy, but then he has to kind of act sort of scared. And like, it's all dragging him out of character. Whereas here, you just get to be Randy Orton and Matt Riddle will just do comedy while riding a scooter around you. Yeah. What more oh, could you want? I love the also the lock and key thing was funny where he's like, mm, shush, and then he took it. And he was like, I'll keep that. <laughs> Good little bits of stuff. Good little bits Good, of stuff. I, like I really, really like really, it. Really the like moment it. he does yeah. the pose with him, it's going to be big. I love it. Uh, Drew Carr promo with Kayla Braxton. Didn't really have much to say. Just talking about T-Bar and Mace. Um, and then Seamus and Mansoor had a match. Now, we were set up for something to be pretty good here. It's Mansoor's debut. He's going up against Seamus, who is the United States champion. It's kind of like, you know, this will be a great showing for him. He doesn't have to win the match. doesn't have to win the title. It could just be a very good showing for him. Do you know what isn't a good idea? Giving him a DQ loss in his opening go and then have Seamus lay him out afterwards. That does mm. not inspire me with confidence for a main roster run. No, but what well, I mean, they're going back to Saudi at some point this year, aren't they? So we need to bring my, Mansour to the main my, roster. My <laughs> most cynical head says that. Yeah, they will, because they'll be like, well, we can play a package of him having these matches. Like he, he fought for the universal title, blah, 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 just blah. Just play like, the old ones. Just play the old um, videos that you've done before. Not good enough, Luke. They've seen him before. You need to razzle the crowd. Yeah, exactly. I, I liked I, I liked the small bit of this that was the match. Like I, I thought that um like Mansoor got to show some good spirit against Sheamus. He got to like the the bit where he got um he took the beats of the Bodron and he got the the military press onto the uh, barricade and he just beats the count. But you there's that shot of his face as he's like he's focused on the apron and you can just see that he's like trying so hard to make it back in the ring and he won't give up. All of that stuff really sold Mansoor as a character and I thought did really great work. But yeah, you're right that career running down, getting involved. 
giving Mansoor a loss, and then both of them just get broke kicked. What does it do for anyone? Like it's beyond, nothing. obviously leaves the door open for Mansoor to say, well, actually, you ruined my match, so I want a rematch with Sheamus. But what they're actually going to do is, you ruined my match, Carrillo. So I'm going to have a match with you. Two people yeah. who or took broke kicks to the face. So or it's a triple get excited, threat. WWE yeah. Universe. Well, that's, yeah, well, like, there's a triple threat at, at Backlash between two guys that Sheamus laid out single-handedly quite easily. Oh, my God. Like, none do you think of it Backlash like is just going to be the triple threat show? It may as well be. Do you, remember, like, do you think they're just going to make that the... Uh, do you remember that pay-per-view, Fatal 4-Way, where every match was a Fatal 4-Way? Like, we may as well just make this triple threat, and every match is a triple threat match. We may as well do at this point. Good. Um, maybe you could do that for the women's tag match. We'll get to that. Everything ends with a double-stacked pin. At <laughs> yeah. That's what happened. This is how we uh, Alexa, champions. Alexa Bliss cut a promo as well. Um, so they were doing this gimmick, like what they did with the Fiend early doors as well, or the Firefly Final House, where they used to have the puppets in the backgrounds. Um, she kind of said, I didn't realize this until she mentioned it here. And then I saw people post about it on Twitter, but like the, uh, the Lily puppet was behind, uh, Sonya Deville at one point and it was behind Gulak and, um, Angel Garza at one point as well. So she said like, oh, uh, Lily's a big WWE fan and she wanted to go meet the people and, and do the wrestle and whatever. And she's like, someone has caught her eye, which presumably would be, uh, Sonya Deville. And, yeah, and then she does like, you know, pretty much the same promo that she's done since turning heel. I I get why they keep putting her on TV. It's just to make sure that you'll remember that she's there and she's a good promo and things like that. And people really, really dig it. Plus, you can do like the Lily like little bike thing that it does at the end, which they love. Um, but she is spinning wheels at the moment. I'm looking yeah. for this to go somewhere. And I feel like this is probably the first promo where it feels like it may go somewhere because she at least, you know, one would presume that she's going after Sonya Deville, which may mean she might be going after Flair. Like there's, this does need to start moving. Otherwise we're in the situation of Alistair Black sitting in the cupboard waiting for people to knock on the door. Um, and, oh, yeah. and, actually, and uh, you know, they're not, exactly, yeah. And like, it, it, was a, it was a, you know, a gimmick that went nowhere. And I don't want this to be a gimmick that just goes nowhere. Mm. Yeah, I, I I agree. I can see why it goes on TV every week because I think Alexa Bliss is she's really good mm-hmm. at acting it. She sells it so well, like her facial expressions, the sort of mode switching between like deranged, maniacal cackling and frightened little girl back to like kind of this creepy stare out thing. Like she does all of that really brilliantly. Um, but yeah, she's. I just want it to mean something and i want yeah. i want to know what it means in regards to bray wyatt like well, why is that the not why are we that, not addressing this properly that, that was like, done like i think they just said on a on a on a tv a few weeks back we're done now and like so there is no payoff to any of that stuff there apparently is just going to be no payoff to it whatsoever because alexa bliss isn't ad- addressing it in the promos anymore she is not talking no. about the fiend she has gone solo from him we haven't seen bray since the raw after mania we haven't you know like yeah. so it's been he's been off tv for a long time so one would presume that that is just done and dusted now and there's gonna be no payoff to it whatsoever and pff, poor bray i guess poor fiend i just i need this show, this needs to, you need to drip feed us information to at least tell us this is where we're heading, right? What does the so dolly like, want, Alexa? Well, exactly, what, does the, yeah. what does the dolly want? 
So like they, yeah. I I I've I've only just started watching Game of Thrones, right? Like I am I'm I'm I've got my finger on the pulse, so like I know what people are into at the moment. So I'm watching Game of Thrones. Like I'm and I'm now at the point of series three or four or something or other. But like I was texting Ollie about this the other day, and I was like, man, if this whole series is just going to be uh the dragon lady dicking around in other areas that isn't connected to anyone else and just like really just spinning her wheels and not doing anything, then that's not going to make from City great television and actually become quite frustrating. And he was like, no, oh, yeah, I mean, pretty much that is what happens. And that's a problem, right? But mm. at least I know what her end goal is. I know her end goal is to get to King's Landing and take the Iron Throne, right? Yeah. But with Alexa Bliss, she is just spinning her wheels there and I do not know what her wants and needs are. She is just saying things and doing nothing. So you can do nothing in your promos. You can just cut these promos as long as we, the audience, know there is an end goal and we are yeah. going to get and we are working our way to that end goal. I think the problem is as well, because they're acting like it's some great mystery what Lily wants in the manipulation of Alexa Bliss. But it isn't because creepy puppet who controls people is like the most one note trope of horror <laughs> going really and it's like and that's fine but that's why you lean on something like that because it's simple to understand there is a there's a wealth of backlog of like documentation and movies that people can draw from to fill in the blanks of like well the puppet clearly is this thing and it wants this and it's going to drive someone to do that but like the kind of slow like she's revealing all these small bits of story of like lily was my friend from when I was a child and now she's looking at people and it's like, why are we getting all of this piecemeal? Like we understood what it was weeks ago. So mm. move on because it's yeah. not, you're not adding anything to the conversation by spending five minutes every week, having Alexa bliss basically cut word for word, the same promo to then just reveal the title. Like, you know, it's like when they do the monster of the week episode of your Buffy, the vampire slayer is supernatural to get to the, the end point where the, the yeah. last five minutes is like, and here's the overarching story. It's like, ah, <laughs> that's what I was here for. Thank Aha, you very yes. much. Yeah. <laughs> the rest of this was fine, but I wanted that bit that advanced what we were doing. So yeah, this is, yeah, this is just that. I mean, I guess then it also it's also true to horror fiction as well because Buffy and Supernatural are pretty good. So there you are. Yeah. Um, Naomi and Lana took on Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler. This went two minutes and it was mostly no good. And the heels won. Who could possibly care? <laughs> Honest to goodness, who could possibly care? Like Anonymous in an hyperchat that said, fun fact, according to Wikipedia, Nia Jax first put Lana through a table on September 14th. That means this feud has been going on for eight months. Lana has also had three different tag team partners in that period, Asuka, Natalia, and Naomi. Wow. Yeah. This is, I mean, my main note here in all caps is load of old S word. Oh, yeah. Uh, so yeah, I just, it hurts my heart every single time I watch Shayna Baszler involved in this stuff because it's, oh man, yeah. It is such, it's such a monumental waste. It's, it's just unbelievable. And also because she's, now continually the foil like you know she's the one like while Nia Jax is looking the wrong way it's it's Shayna Baszler being rolled up and double face busted and beat up by Lana to only get the Kirifuda clutch at the end or whatever like it's it's nonsense yeah. Like, and yeah and, and then to also have the like these are the tag team titles again being defended on TV against this team against, against this like, team oh God, for no for a joke 
it is what a waste of what a waste of what a waste of hardware. What a waste of money to even make the belts in the first place. If this is what and you're do you know do how this do you know how this match was set up? Mm. Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler beat them last week. And off the back of them beating them last week in a six-man tag, they got a women's tag title to match out of it. That in itself makes absolutely no effing sense whatsoever. And then you promote this on TV. You promote it throughout the night for two minutes worth of in-ring action that accomplished absolutely nothing. So what was the point? What was yeah, the, and this it's was God. No, sorry. Again, I, I agree. And again, it's that thing. We know where this is going. This is going to Jackson Baszler eventually having a feud, isn't it? Like, well, I'd hope that, yeah. that is that's, that has to be where it's going because that's what the kind of discrepancy in the team is about that they've sort of teased. So, like, you would assume that that is where it's going to end up. Get there because this team needs to go away. <laughs> it needs to get right in the bin. Right. If you have no, bin. if you have no ideas for it, get rid of it. Yeah, get it in the bin and put that bin in the sea. Uh, MVP <laughs> cut his fourth and final promo, and then we got our main events of Braun Strowman versus Bobby Lashley. Wasn't much of a match. Actually, quite bad. And um, Drew McIntyre caused the distraction at the end because, of course, you need a distraction finish, and uh, Bobby beat Braun. What a great way to build a pay-per-view by having... Yeah, there's, there's, I was not a fan of the... Don't book this match. It's a very simple no. solution. Do not book this match to lead into the pay-per-view. Try and make all three of them look good as opposed to making one of them lose. And then we're setting up a match next week where one of them could lose again or we'll just get a bollocks DQ finish. That doesn't inspire oh me God. to watch either. Do you know what? I think to spend the whole show building this match with MVP promos and re-referencing the last time these two faced off and tore the place up with that crazy like going through the stage thing to then just do a distraction finish oh, God. is oh it takes some balls to do it takes some absolute <laughs> cojones to do that Luke, to be like look at look at what happened the last time these two and this is the thing is like they could have done a replay like a shot for shot remake of that moment where they they went through the they went through the the time tron basically like because that would have been brilliant. Like the idea that Braun Strowman and Bobby Lashley, what Drew wants from them is for them to tear each other apart, right? The thing that Drew didn't do at all in this show is rile either one up about the other one, which is what Drew... Yeah. Drew should have been... The clever game to play in this episode would have been having Drew turning up in all these umpteen MVP promos <laughs> and being like, uh, but Braun was saying this about you, Bobby going to Braun and being like oh, do, 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 in his language that he speaks and then getting him to like go after going after Bobby. Then when they collide at the, at the, at the match and they go through the stage, Drew sat there bloody laughing because yeah. he's just made them do it because he's clever. And then you can have Bobby Lashley walk out like nothing's wrong. And then you get some stakes for next week. Cause Drew's looking at him like, how the hell did you survive that? I, I, <laughs> What did I mean, this well, do that, for yeah. anyone? What did this do? Well, what's the, that's the problem with Raw is that like nothing accomplishes anything. So it's just stuff happens. And it's three hours. And I watch it every week. And it's three hours. And it's so long. And nothing ever gets achieved. And it's it's just, not a good show. I think the problem is, is there's, this re there's a reliance on things that are safe. And... I think people were very willing to, in the early stages of the pandemic especially, 
to be like, well, it's okay because we don't know what's happening. Like no one knows when the world's going to get better. No one knows when like things are going to change. So spinning your wheels is fine. But WWE has been basically spinning its wheels for most of a year in a lot oh, of yeah. its storylines. You know, I feel like Roman Reigns is the only thing that has advanced and told a story that has evolved over time. So here we are a year later and WWE is still spinning its wheels, not really knowing what it's doing, still relying on the same three matchups to hold a three-hour show together. It's not good enough anymore. It's not good enough to do that. And like, yeah, you know, and it's weird as well because to go back to the well, one is a thing that WWE say all the time whenever they're like, anyone's made a mistake. You went to the well too many times. And it's like, well, you are now your own bit of the well. But going back to the well is fine if it's safe and it's good to do. And it's weird to flag up things that would have worked on this show in the show and then not do them. To like show you a much better version of Bobby Lashley versus Braun Strowman and then actively choose to not do that. Yeah. As I said before, takes some great big grapes, doesn't it? <laughs> and the worst thing is this is one of the better shows they've done in recent times. Like genuinely, this was it was better than most of the Raws that have been since WrestleMania and up until leading into WrestleMania as well. So good job, WWE. This was not the worst show you've put on. So in that sense, I give it a two out of five thumbs up. <laughs> I mean, the thing is, Luke, the one thing I will say is that the worst WWE's build and booking has been the better their pay-per-views have been recently. So oh, yeah. here's fingers crossed for WrestleMania backlash. It could be the one could be bloody good. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And I like this uh, comment from Lucas that said, imagine watching game of Thrones in 2021. I don't have to imagine mate. I am doing it. And it's totally fine. As in like the show itself. Like I know a lot of people were like, Oh, you're going to get so angry at the end. I don't think I can do because I don't care enough. So like you do get angry by the end of it. <laughs> Let's get into the rest of your hyper chats. Gamma S says, uh, this company has the perfect women for the sexy woman role on NXT and could do everything this role needs at an exceptional level. Scarlett Bordeaux did this gimmick already. Very true. Yeah, she did it in Impact Wrestling. And she did it the best, I think. Jam that jam. May the fourth be with you. That's a very, very good point there. Uh, Johnny R says, welcome to the devolution. Feels like WWE is going in reverse with the women. Uh, what was worse? Late 29 Super Cena era WWE or this current product? Great question. Um, God, that is a good question. What is worse? I feel like I want to say 2009 is worse. Yeah, I'm going to say 2009 was worse than this. There have been glimmers in this of like good stuff. 2009 yeah. was basically watching, knowing why things are dying and just watching it happen. Uh, I mean, oh, yeah, in slow motion. There's, there's, yeah, th th this is bad, but there are there is also SmackDown happening at the same time, which is it's a good, good show. Yeah. Uh, Rangers Mayhem said, remember when everyone went after AEW for their treatment of the women's division, saw that Eva promo and turned off Raw. AEW Dark Elevation, better than Raw Evolution. 
I see there. Uh, HTUP said, uh, the only way I'm happy with Eve Marie returning is if she brings back the announcer guy she had on SmackDown in 2016. Can't wait for her to play the beauty narcissist character like Mandy Rose and Dana Brooke, except she's a heel while their faces. WWE sense. Actually, it's a good point. I forgot that Mandy Rose did this gimmick as well. Mandy. Bring uh, back the Vaseline. I was going to say, with the Vaseline thing, I forgot she did this gimmick. Uh, Dean Barretton said, this will upset a few, but the Eva gimmick is designed for models, cheerleaders, and Sable, not wrestlers. If WWE wants to do a sexy uh, woman gimmick, then go and get a glamour model. Keep wrestlers who can wrestle. Joke how they take the Mickey. Uh, joke how they treated Mickey. And Mark said, I hate the Shayna's tag feud so much. I'm prepared to see her put over Eve Marie. Get out of the tag team division. And on the subject of Damien Priest, Leon Quash, said, Priest, Priest cannot escape the mid-card of evil. Thoughts and prayers. Getting hard to root for NXT, guys. You know, if they get two over, they'll just be punted uh, next to the MR and saddled with a name character. Oh, punched up to the main roster and saddled with a name character's repetitive matches. Rhea looks to be next. I'll hot tag over to you for some super chats. On the subject of Raw equals bad, uh, Greg Murphy says, the biggest indictment of Raw is that despite their claims, it is missable. Uh, there is no sense of anything can happen or must see TV. I would rather I would skim Raw most weeks, but now not even that. You miss nothing if you don't watch, whereas SmackDown feels must see. I'll say as someone who, generally speaking, reads the reviews, watches the YouTube clips, and then watches the full stuff of things that I'm actually interested in, that, yeah, feels... Mm-hmm quite pertinent about Raw. Raw, I quite often watch SmackDown when I'm doing stuff. I don't often watch Raw. Uh, Edward Burke says, how much do we need to get the Patreon? How much do we need to get Patreon for you guys to stop watching Raw? It clearly hurts you when we care about you. Review Classic Raw instead. Review Bad Nitro. Hell, review Lucha Underground retrospectively. Just stop hurting yourselves. That will be fine. The show will get Uh, good eventually. Yeah, they'll write books about us in psychology departments. It'll be fine. Sorry, at this point here, like Sean said this on a Fightful review a couple of weeks ago, but at this point, we're just playing the long game. We're just trying to be the last people standing because really at this point, it's just, it's us. Sean and Denise and Stephen Larson are pretty much the only people that are still reviewing this show. We're just going to be the last people standing. We will win this war. Yeah, well, tens of viewers will get, Luke. (laughs) Tens of viewers. <laughs> Eric Defcon Prime de Riggy says WWE equals we won't entertain. Uh, Keith Kutak says, do you think WWE is keeping in mind its new viewers more than worrying about maintaining its lineage of long-term fans? With things like evolution being a thing now, what do you think new fans think of the current day product? Are they really impressed? Um, I don't know if like bringing Eve Marie back is for the lineage of long-term fans. I mean, maybe it is. Are there like diehard Eva Marie fans that are just like are now going to tune back into the product now that she's here? I don't think so. I think like anyone who's a long term fan, like you said, would have pointed out that this is the fourth, this is the third person to do this gimmick in a year. Like really, (laughs) you know, like you know, I I think this is the thing. Like nothing they're doing is for long term fans. I think everything they're doing is for themselves in that sense of this is what's worked previously. So we'll just keep hammering that and not innovate. Uh, Whereas Mm -hmm. I think other people are at least, well, AEW is half innovating, half just resurrecting old WCW stuff, but that's a nice mix. Uh, Edward Burke says, if WWE makes movies, then Vince and Dunn are Tommy Wiseau. (laughs) I mean, in fairness to them, like like a lot of raw backstage segments are just people going, oh, hi, Mark. And just like, yeah. (laughs) 
Uh, I can't wait for the day they're watching the TV side on and it's just pictures of spoons. Uh, Mary Death McChaos says I've watched WWE for years but after the last few years I've given up on watching Raw from now on I'll just watch your reviews at least I can still enjoy watching Smackdown makes sense Mm -hmm. Bliminell the Roman Reigns versus Daniel Bryan match was a scorcher El scorcio oh that was so good I wish we were talking about that Uh, Keith Kutak again says hey again lads what do you guys think will be WWE's breaking point to shift into a better product as a whole a certain match or a new godlike rock slash stone cold character or a complete upheaval and and overhaul of everything from the ground up hashtag jam that jam I think the breaking point will be if no network wants to renew them yeah they're big they're yeah they're holding yeah. out for a rock and a stone cold. That's yeah. what they think. That's what they think they're doing. They're they're looking for that because that's all they know how to do. They never know. They've never known how to necessarily have a fully rounded roster of talent that is amazing. They've always relied heavily on three or four guys who they know draw eyes. That has always yeah. been the way of WWE. So like they they re- like a complete overhaul and upheaval would be what they need. It would be something quite similar to, I guess, what an NXT has done, where you can see that the different bits of the card are functioning at different levels. Like you can see that this person here is on on the way up, and this person here is the top of the card, and they're the draw. But that takes that does take, yeah, tearing it all down and starting again, which I imagine yeah. will happen at some point. But it's a wait and see I game. I genuinely think it's a case of like if they try to, you know, the, if they don't renegotiate with Fox. And they're trying to go to like, you know, Brandon Thurston was talking about like them negotiating with Apple and Amazon. If Apple and Amazon don't want them or Fox don't want them and they can't find a network, they may be like, whoa, maybe we do mm. need to restructure things then. Like that's what's going to be the break point or like a load of investors drop out. That's It's not going to be fans stopping watching like or fans stopping. Like that's not what's going to stop this. It's going to be board executives in suits making decisions and be what changes things. Do you know? And also if they get, if they do get a big F off deal, like the, the Fox one, but everyone turns around and says, but we want the product to be like this. Then they'll do that as well. Like, you know, mm. they, they oh, changed yeah. up who was the champion, et cetera, for the start of the Fox era. But like totally, yeah. most TV executives know the show is the show is like, rather than being like, this is what we want. But if I guess if someone did offer them a hell of a lot of money and said, could you please change it to this? That happened. Uh, Jay Gupta says, as a wrestling fan, I tried to fall in love with Raw, then got angry. Now I've just given up. When AEW Dark's, when AEW's Dark ele- Elevation has better stories and matches than Raw, you just know the show is not worth your emotions or time. Appreciate your work, guys. Hashtag JTJ. That is completely right. Do you want to take back over? I will do, yeah. On the subject of The Fiend, SMB says, uh, where do you two think The Fiend has gone? It seems his gimmick uh, has have a big hyped return, lose then go away. Oh my god, <laughs> so true. Uh, but they're just not given the gimmicks of bliss, which has only worked with them when they're both together. I hate Raw at the moment. Nothing makes sense. Nothing matters. SMB, you answered your own question. That is what happened to the fiend. They brought him back. They did the big old return, and then they just stopped doing the burnt thing because he just managed to get himself back to being normal. Then Randy Orton beat him, and then that was mm. it. That what that that's where he's gone. They need to. He needs an evolution. They, they're going to do another thing now. They're going to be like, here's a new mask or whatever. Sell a new toy, then, can't you? If, it's, if he's got a new outfit, they can sell a new toy. So that was what they'll do. 
Uh, Chris, Perez, uh, Chris Perez says, where is the fiend? Is he officially dead? Seriously, WTF, has there been any news behind the scenes on him? Uh, I don't think there has been, actually. There's been no reports whatsoever about, like, you know, what the plan is. Leon Quashi says, uh, wasn't Mansoor on some Goldberg-level winning streak across main event 205 Live in the Saudi shows? No booking Savant, but this seemed like a good opportunity to one, two, three, kid him. Sheamus even said the match wasn't for the title. Oh, well, needs more DQ. You're right, he was actually on a 49-0 winning streak ahead of uh, debuting on raw tonight um so this could have been win number 50 for him you could have made something out of that but dq loss darren lloyd said uh so after the, they could just play it i'm like well he's not been pinned darren lloyd uh so after the triple threat announcement sonya tells adam pierce it was a last minute decision couldn't find you so i sent a text so what are adam and sonya doing in the office after flair left and adam walked in 10 minutes earlier because this is a, is a bad production. Sadie6969, hey guys, hope you're having a great day. Love Raw being the most boring, trashy version of Groundhog Day. Although I did enjoy seeing AJ and Amas back again. Women's wrestling is the best. WWE just sucks eggs. Hashtag El Fagador is the coolest. Uh, MD Iago said, um, do you think that now we love Roman Reigns, they'll bring him to Raw in the next draft to increase ratings, overexposing him again? It wouldn't be shove him down our throats. It would be giving us what we want. Hate that. Sing Luke Sing. Love that. Now, I think they're going to keep him on SmackDown because like, that's the golden goose at the moment. That's when you want the good ratings so you can sell that on. Uh, and Nate S says, Gaza put a rose up Gulag's butt. Do Gulag at least scream, my hole? I could at least <laughs> have a time with the Nia Jack stuff. Maybe that's his gimmick now to try and entice Nia, this company. Um, that's a missed opportunity just... right there. Oh, yeah. We'll run through these last ones we got here. Um, Nate S said, I remember just last week during the parlay when Luke said, oh, they're going to decide the advantage of blood and guts by coin flip. That's so lame. A coin flip. Uh, Bezo Banks said, um, I mean, I would say Blood and Guts was way worse because that's like war games. This is just a throwaway match on Raw. Uh, Beto Banks said, couldn't even care to talk about Raw, so let's talk about something else that doesn't make sense. WWE actively has a Star Wars actor in Sasha Banks in their roster and can't promote that she's on it on SmackDown, not even on May the 4th on their socials. That's a fairly good point. I wonder if they even mm. know. Um, uh, 2912 says, sorry guys, I'm unsubscribing. Keeping up with WWE just makes me sad. Love what you do. I'll stick around for PFK and Quizlemania, but I'm done with current events. Purged my YouTube and socials of all WWE related content. Perfectly fine. Totally understandable. Thank you for letting us know. Vandalia in 1998, with Laurie fighting to keep the jam that championship at WrestleMania Backlash. WrestleJamia Backjam. Um, maybe the Raw uh, review team should uh, could do a prediction show with the SmackDown review team to see who gets to review SmackDown or Raw, since Raw is giving you a headache. Vandalia, it's a great argument. I'm not working Saturdays. I've got things to do on a Saturday. <laughs> Luke would rather bully himself on a Tuesday. Totally. Then, then, uh, yeah, then, then work on Saturday. Uh, Chris Baldwin. Hey guys, hope you're both having a great day. I got my first tattoo yesterday and they had Raw on the TV. So I immediately asked if I could switch the channel. FDF jam <laughs> that jam. Um, Misha says, message for producer Rich. When is the one hour loop of Luke doing the SmackDown theme getting posted? Release the Owen cut. Misha, it already exists. Uh, Editor Vinny posted that onto his own channel. So yeah, if you just search for probably Luke Singh SmackDown theme for an hour, you will find it. Uh, iHacks said, uh, Nick, Khan! no relation to Tony. Uh, Luke should do the news more often. When is Ollie coming back with his new hair, by the way? Can't wait to see how it looks. I mean, iHacks, it might take a little while. Um, because he was shaved completely bald. Um, 
he isn't going to be back on Wednesday, as we thought, because his recovery time is a little bit longer than perhaps anticipated. So uh, I'll be doing the news um, for the rest of this week. Uh, he may be back next week, but we're going to play it by ear, though. We need to let him rest up. Uh, Chocobo Kid said, lovely time with the boys and I jam that champion. Uh, Charles Berg. So Charles Berg, uh, if you're not aware, um, doesn't want to review Raw. Instead, he wants to review Dogs. And so he is sending in his poor review, P-A-W. Um, Ralph is a Maltese and Yorkshire Terrier mix, a Morky. It's a super sweet dog who's positive. He's a big boy. He loves running fast in circles and getting butt scratches. Nicknames, Ralphie Boy, Ralph Rafa, Rafa, Ralph Alpha, Ralph Alpha, Ralph Alpha, Ralph Alpha, Sprout, Ralph I sent you a pick, and here is that pick. There he is. There's the dog. Oh, that's a cute dog. That's a very nice dog. Uh, and Edward Burke said, "This may be better than your is. Uh, this may be better for your is Bray Wyatt actually good? But I think the problem is that Wyndham Rotunda is too good at rebuilding himself. This company think they can pile anything that they want onto him, and he can cut one good promo and be good again." not a bad shout and lastly dean brenton said when you said a fiend evolution you don't mean he's going to come and sit on a car in a bikini do you i think that's brilliant <laughs> it's, it's avant-garde it's different it's you wouldn't see it coming it's People breaking surprises. it down. <laughs> you and i this evening uh, playing Blood on the Clock Tower for our board game channel, No Rolls Barred. I'm very excited. This is the first game of Blood on the Clock Tower since the the second one we ever did, like way, 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 way back when. So I am, I mean, I can't even say I'm rusty because I can't say that I particularly like got the hang of the game before, like this, you know, before we got to a third account. So like, I'm I'm diving into this one like kind of head first, I think. Oh, and it is a it's a head it's a head first game. Well, see, my issue with it, Luke, is that I've played quite a few. We've played a few games off camera as well for like practice and stuff like that. There are a few games that we've recorded that maybe will get released at some point in in the future that aren't part of the main series of what we've done. Um, every single time we play, I am I, I either have worked it out because I've just guessed what Ben is doing. Because I just go with, what's the most cynical thing that a man would do to mess with us? And that's usually what Ben has done. And you can work it out that way. Or I have no idea. Mm. And that is, those are the two states of being. I either, I either crack it quite quickly and I'm waiting to, to like, but only because I've tried to think like Ben and think yeah. like that bit of information cannot be true or I don't know. And then I spend all night lying awake in bed going oh you should have done this you should have done this why didn't you say that you bloody idiot why didn't you do this why didn't you do it? last time with the blooming fangu game i spent the whole evening awake being like what could you do as the pit hag could the pit hag change the demon to another demon to change all the information is that a thing that you can do these are all big questions that i've not i'm yet to ask ben but i sat awake most of the night going like could we have done this could we have done this if only that carly was not in the game because Carly <laughs> solves everything really quickly. Uh, yeah, but like, she's, uh, but the, the, I just, it's, what can you do against that though? What can you do against someone who just looks at Adam and goes, you're the minion? What did yeah. Adam say? Nothing. You're the minion. That's, that is like unnatural levels of like precognition uh, and just like yeah. pure reads. It was, it was really impressive. So I've um I've watched back every game now. Like my wife and I, because my wife wants to play the game, but she, I, I was trying to explain it to her. She's I can like, make that I don't happen. really, yeah. And she was like, I don't really get it. And I was like, Well, I'll tell you what, 
watch an episode on No Rolls Bad, our board game channel. I said, watch an episode of it. So she started watching the Billiard Boys episodes and she got 15 minutes into it. She paused it. She came upstairs. She was like, I can't watch this without you because I need to ask questions. I was like, okay. And I was like, I mean, I I would say that Ben and Tom kind of provide very good commentary for like what is going on. But like, yeah, she just wanted to be able to like pause it, ask me a question, ask me for clarification on something and then carry on. So as it turns out, I've now watched every episode that we have done in like the span of a week, including, and I nearly didn't, the first episode. (sighs) which is oh my god the oh my i uh, laurie i was so mad at myself so angry like so we recorded that first episode i had a terrible game because i had no idea what was going on i was the bloody villain i was the baddie in this whole thing Mm. i was like the main bad guy demon that people were trying to hunt down and looking at my face while when i'm watching that back i was like you having a blues clue what's going on you have a scooby-doo what your role is what anyone else's role is or how this game works and i'm just clueless i don't say a thing in in the entire episode and the reason why is because i don't know what a good defense is i don't know what a bad defense is i've absolutely Mm. no idea how to deflect to others and now that i've watched multiple episodes and going back to watch that first one i'm like why didn't you do this why didn't you say this? Why didn't you try and do this? You could have done this. And I actually paused it at one point and I shouted at the TV. And I, <laughs> I was like, you moron, why didn't you do this? And my wife was like, you can't get angry at yourself. It was your first game. And I was like, that yeah. doesn't work that way. We would have, we, we, I think we would have won if Ollie hadn't looked at me. I yeah, think, oh, we, would, I, I think yes. we would have won if Ollie hadn't looked at me. Like, But by extension, if I hadn't have killed him that night, then like mm. that was the de- like that was the decision. Me killing. But what do you him know? That, what, but that was a good. It was a good bluff by Blair and Ollie. That was really good. It was. Like. It, it was a good bluff by them. But my plan was to kill a dead body, because mm. then I could have played my soldier character. We'd already off the monk, so I would have been able to play the soldier bluff, and that would have taken the heat off of me. And I think by extension, it might have taken the heat. Well, at least it would have passed the uh, heat onto you and Isaac or you and Elliot, right? Like, so mm. I, if I'd have been able to do that, but I didn't, I, su- I was suckered into their quite quite good bluff. And mm. that was complete. And that, the whole thing fell apart from there. Absolutely. What can, you, what, what can you do? Like, you know, I, I tell it's, you what, it's you one do, of those Laurie. things where you're sitting there. But... Laurie, I tell you what you can do. You can lay in bed at night and think about it. And yeah, I, you can, exactly, that, yeah. And I did that on that I night. That too, and, I've re- I did. and I've rewatched the video and I've done it again. It's like two months later. I'm like, in bed going, like, really could have done good. that though, couldn't you? <laughs> could have, you, you bloody idiot. You could have done anything. But I'm, I'm sitting there doing that as well. I was like, you know, I because obviously I got the power in the final round on that one because of yeah. what happened and i was like oh damn what do i do now like i know well what the hell who do who do because everyone's <laughs> looking at me anyway and i was just like what do you even say at this point when everyone's already looking at you because of something that's happened and they've basically got all the information what can you even do beyond just try to confuse people as much as possible and that's yeah. all i tried to do at the end was be like just leave enough people who are suspicious alive that you can foist the blame but I then realized that obviously if they or if those people are suspicious, they're suspicious of you. And that's why they're suspicious to other people. And then they can vote for you. What I should have done is kill all the people who could have nominated me and tried to leave only people who didn't know what was going on alive. Yeah. It's it's an incredibly complex game. There are so many moving parts like the Fangu game. I was kicking myself after I realized that Sully was the bloody uh 
the what's it called the mutant because had yeah. I gone for Sully on night one I think we could have just won the game because nobody would have suspected that Sully was the demon because <laughs> who's going to give him that response Ben's going to give him that responsibility I bet he'll do it today oh. now like, I, was say, I bet you will do it now yeah but um like I, I wish I had because I think that would have been like the only thing to throw off the blooming bloodhound that is Carly. <laughs> oh man, I'm I'm so I'm I'm looking forward to the record tonight. Um, you'll actually hear this before like the episode has aired. So mm. I'm I'm I feel like I've got a good a better grasp of the game now than I did previously. So I'm very much looking forward to it. But I've also got a feeling that because I've not done um sex and violets yet, that I am just going to be like, uh oh, I don't know what I'm I don't know what I'm supposed to say. Also because like. The whole gimmick of Sullivan is he just tells you what he is. Like out the gates, he will just tell you what he is. But there's times where I'm like, maybe that's not the worst thing to do. Maybe it's just kind of mm. good to like reveal some information. It depends on what you are in Sex and Violets. Let me tell you that. So, like, if you're if you are an outsider, don't say because if it's a fangu, then you're just giving them opportunities. If you are, <laughs> if you are like, if you're the mutant or you've been serenovist into. Don't say what you are because you'll die. There's there's a lot of reasons to not say what you are in this new version. Um, and I think also if you if you're ever if you're playing it and you're confused, that is the point. You are definitely oh, yeah. supposed to be confused in this version of the game because this is the game where one of the demons means means that all information is wrong. Every single yeah. bit of information that you get told by the game by by the storyteller is incorrect. And the only way to work out that that's what the demon you have is is by eventually working out that everything you've been told is absolute guff. Oh man. I, what a I game. Would be what very, a game. What what a game it is. I'm actually very curious to know like who listening to this hasn't even watched the videos or knows what Blood on the Clock Tower is because otherwise we've just spent the last 10 minutes just saying absolute nonsense. Oh please do like, go and watch them though if you are if you haven't because they are really fun. You will enjoy them. Yeah. Oh it's been so good. Like as I said my wife is so on board with playing the game now. I think she's really mm. into the idea of doing it. Uh, and I think that we probably could set up a game at some point. I think it'd be a lot of fun. Um, difficult to do because we're all in this, like some of us are in the same house. Like we'd all have to be on multiple devices. You have to be on different, you have to be in different rooms. Yeah. 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 But anyway, uh, I'll tell you what, we've actually run out of time, but we'll, uh, I've, I was going to get to some of your emails as well, but we'll save those for the AEW podcast. Thank you all so much for listening. Um, we'll be back tomorrow. Pete and Tempest will be doing the NXT review. I'll be doing the AEW review on Thursday. Again, not with Mr. Davis because he's still not very well. He's still recovering. Could be with Laurie could be with a special guest we are putting pieces into place um and i might be doing live reactions to blood and guts so join us to the uh on our youtube channel um because i might be doing a live watch along with tempest and possibly uh louis as well uh, i haven't decided on that yet uh and then on friday i'll be doing the magazine show with denise smackdown is on saturday with pete and tempest take care everyone i love you goodbye Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.